0: The following presentation is from Mountain Park Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Mountain Park, along with additional audio and video teachings, visit mountainpark.org. We've been in a Christmas series the past few weeks called Advent, and uh, the word Advent means coming, so we've been looking at and celebrating the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Jesus Christ. So we have been looking at the Advent candles on the Advent wreath, and each candle represents a different part of what we're hoping that is coming, that it began with hope, and then peace, and love, and and, uh, this morning we're looking at Joy. Tomorrow, we're going to be lighting the candle that goes in the middle. If you got an uh, Advent kit from us, that candle's not included. You're going to have to add that one to it. And that is the Christ candle. And so tomorrow, we're going to be lighting the Christ candle together as part of our Christmas Eve uh, celebrations. Uh, As a reminder for that... Uh, in home team, if you are lighting the candles at home, we have the cards, the, the little play cards for you for today's lighting of the candle as well as tomorrow. So the candle four and five have a little bit of information and scripture and questions for you to process through in your home, uh, however that, that might look for you. So just a reminder for you to, in, uh, to pick those up in home team before you leave today. But today we're talking about the candle of joy, the coming of joy. And so I, I want to begin by asking you how's your joyometer? How's your joy? Uh, we got a woo. Uh, how's your joyometer today? For those of you who are Phoenix sports fans, your joyometer may not be as high as it has been in the past. The Cardinals are struggling, the Suns are struggling. Please do not have me talk about hockey right now. <laughs> I do not want to talk about it. I'll, I'll I'll just suck the joy out of me. I saw. I don't know if you saw the Cardinals game last week. Would say one awesome game. Uh, uh, but it was a home game, and there was a guy with a with a sign. He was at the front edge. He was wearing a Coyotes jersey, and he, he just said, "I miss hockey." Uh, at the football guys, I just thought I'm feeling for you, brother. So anyway, um, how's your joyometer? I mean, as you look at at uh, at uh, big pictures, you look at our country. As you look at the, the economy, as you look at 2013, as you look over the fiscal cliff, as you look at whatever is in front of you, as you look at your, your family situation, your Christmas break, your Christmas um, gathering, your Christmas day, how's your joyometer? Today we're looking at the coming of joy. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Father, we do want to um, enjoy this moment here today. And so, God, would you allow us to experience joy as, we, as our hearts and our minds are stirred up with the idea of joy? This is something you created. This is something you are inviting us into. And wherever we are we are in this room, however our joyometer is, God, would you come and, and meet us? Would you speak to our hearts, we pray? We, are, we welcome you here in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, Christmas is... Often connected to joy. I mean, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's connected to joy. We just sang joy to the world. The French, they say joyeux Noël, and uh, they have to do that with their faces when they say, and it's connected to joy. It's the hap- happiest season of all. Christmas is connected with joy. But Human beings are not designed to perpetually stay in a place of joy. We are not designed to just always have joy, 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 joy. I don't care who you are. I don't care how optimistic you are, how chipper you are, how quick you wake up in the morning, how half full your glass is. We're, none of us are, are expected to stay in this perpetual joy place. That there are times where we have to experience the details of life, where there are non-joy times that are surrounded, that are around the joy times. Uh, I think the whole Christmas card, Christmas picture thing is a, bit, is a little bit odd. It's a little bit fun. I mean, many of us, you know, we, we receive these Christmas cards. And what they are is they are a picture of a very joyful time. They are a picture of, of perfection. Some people Photoshop their pictures. And so they want to say, this is kind of the, the, the peak of it. Rarely do people send out a Christmas card. Uh, people who have just been fighting and they're just looking at each other, Okay, like, take the picture. And then they send that one out. No, they're going to settle down a little bit, have some eggnog, and then take another picture or whatever. They're not going to send out the nasty picture. It is a snapshot of a beautiful, joyful moment. So we get a Christmas tree uh, or a wall full of Christmas cards from people that we know, friends and family, and they're all so perfectly joyful in those pictures. And then we look at our own family and we think... Wow, there's kind of this comparison thing. They all seem so happy, and uh, I am not maybe in the same place. My wife and I have never given out a Christmas card until this year. This year, we've been married 15 years. This is the first year that we've given out a Christmas picture because our seven-year-old said, why do we get all those pictures from everybody else and we never send any? And so, okay, we're going to send out a Christmas uh, picture. And this was our Christmas card this year. If you did not uh, receive one and you expected one, it just got lost in the mail. (laughs) Um, And here's something that I thought I would do this morning is that I would just... um, I would just say that consider, you know, you all can consider this is our Christmas card from our family to you. We just saved thousands of dollars on stamps. Uh, There you go. To all of you, uh, Merry Christmas. And so this is our Christmas card, and um, this is from our trip to Belize that we took in October. It says over on the right there Belize Navidad. You're welcome. So this was our Christmas card, and uh, for those of you who who were here when I talked about that trip, uh, that whole trip wasn't filled with joy. I mean, this was this was a picture that was a beautiful day. It was absolutely a gorgeous day, and we took this. This Gilligan, by the way, that's who I was for the trip. This picture was taken uh, uh, on a beautiful moment, beautiful day. But the whole trip wasn't like that. We spent more time on the trip than what this picture represents, uh, battling anchors and waves and wind and rain and cold and shallow bottoms and each other uh, and whatever the thing might be. And so what happens on a trip like this is that there are the joy moments and there are the less than joy moments. For those of you uh, who are parents, you recognize that there are amazingly joyful moments with your kids. Just amazingly wonderful, joyful moments. And those are the moments where you take videos and you take pictures and those are the things that you carry on with you forever and you'll pass those on to your grandkids, etc. So those are incredible moments. But if you're, anything, if you're anything like us, those moments are surrounded by less joyful moments often. That sometimes if you're going to a party or a gathering or some kind of event, that leading up to that event or moment. There's some less joyful experiences of, would you please get in the car? Just put your shoes on. Get in the car. Come on, we're going to be late. Let's go, let's go, let's go. We're going to go have fun. And whatever the thing might be, there's kind of this less joyful moment. And then there may be a less joyful moment on the other side of it, because usually if there's joy, there's sugar, and so they're all hopped up, and you're trying... (laughs) You're trying to get them to sleep and trying to calm the whole thing down. And so it's this joyful moment that is sandwiched between less joyful moments. So again, we're not designed to perpetually be in this place of joy. Here's a question to kind of stir this up and get launched uh, uh, into this today. I'm out of breath from all that.
1: <laughs> Here's
0: kind of to get launched into this today. If you experience, let's say, 10% joy in life, What are you supposed to do with the other 90%? And maybe 10% is is reasonable, maybe it's not reasonable. Maybe you are an incredibly joyful person. 50% of the time, you experience joyful moments. What are you supposed to do with the other 50%? Or maybe for you, a more accurate piece is what are you supposed to do with the 99.9% when life doesn't feel as joyful? What are we supposed to do with that? The battle's read from Isaiah chapter 35. Can you please lose that? I, I'm, getting a little, I'm getting a little nervous with it up there. Okay. The battle's read from uh, Isaiah chapter 35. And I want to read actually that whole chapter with you in pieces this morning. If you brought your Bibles, I invite you to turn there. It's a rather large book in the Old Testament. If you uh, just kind of open your Bible, if you have a whole Bible, if you open it right in the middle, you're going to be pretty close to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 35 was written hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. Isaiah was a prophet, and at the beginning of that verse, he says, of that chapter, he says this, the desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. How many of you are transplants to Arizona? So you were not born. Yeah, yeah, majority of you. Uh, My wife and I are transplants. We were not born here. And I would suspect for those of you who are transplants that you might even remember the time where you discovered that the desert is beautiful. I mean, I, before I moved to Arizona, I, I pretty much knew what the desert was going to look like. I had seen multiple episodes of Roadrunner, and so I knew how the whole thing was going to go. I knew that there were going to be those cactus that looked like this. That's my, I, I, do, I do impersonations, and this is a cactus. And what I did not know, however, is that those cacti have beautiful flowers on them. So God has embedded into creation the idea that growth and beauty can happen in the desert. He's embedded it beautifully into creation, and Isaiah is specifically talking about this, that joy can happen in the midst of our times of feeling like we're living in the desert. Let me continue. Verse 3. Strengthen the feeble hands... Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. That's the Christmas story. Isaiah was saying to to these folks, God will come. He will come to save you. That's what the Messiah is. Imagine you are trapped in a burning building and you have you are uh, uh, cuddled down on the floor and you have no way out and you you feel like you are you're going to die there's just there's just no way for you to get out of this situation then you hear the voice of a fireman or a firewoman who says i'm coming i will save you i will rescue you imagine the relief and the hope and the joy that you would experience in that moment i'm coming I will save you. Just imagine that, to go from complete despair to this amazing joy. See, some of us are living in an emotional building that is burning. Our emotional burning, an emotional building that is burning living through depression or working through addictions or uh, a marriage that is just terrible or a job that is very bad. And so we have the option of just kind of hiding in the corner and just thinking this is as good as it's going to get and just letting the whole thing crumble around us or truly believing that there is a God out there who says, I am coming. I'm coming. Hang on. I'm coming. I will come to save you. And that picture of a beautiful, loving God who says that, that's not just for those who are in despair, for those who are in crisis, for those who are in chaos. We can also experience that when we're at a good place in life. It can be a very, we can be at a good place and it's still a great thing to hear the idea, I'm coming. You may get a phone call from that really cute guy who says, you know what, I'm in the neighborhood, and I thought maybe I'd stop by and pick you up. I'd love to go for coffee with you and just talk and hang out. And then you might say, well, I um, I guess sure, fine. I, I, maybe I could fit you in this afternoon. That's fine. And then you get off the phone, and then you look at your roommate, and you go, ah! He's coming! Ah! And so you can be in a good place, but those words, he's coming, oh wow! If you want someone to come, if you're excited about someone coming, then that person saying, I'll be right there, I'm coming, I'm on my way, is a beautiful, joyful thing. God says here, Isaiah says here, God is coming to save you. God is coming to save you, he says. There are two kinds of people. Those who like uh, surprise parties and those who don't. How many of you like surprise parties? If if it was you, you would like to have a surprise. See, not very many of you. Not very many would like the surprise piece. Surprise parties are a little bit interesting, a little bit funny because... um, What happens is a surprise party is embedded in a web of lies. And so (laughs) the party planner is just saturated and swimming in lies. And so the whole thing is about a scam towards per, towards person that they care about. They get the kids involved. Okay, you've got to lie to Daddy. And whatever the thing was, this is good lying. There's good lying and bad lying. This is good lying. And so then you get everybody around you lying. and every, Oh, I don't know what you're going to do Saturday night. And the whole thing. whole thing is just one big lie. And then you, then if you get away with it, then at the end you want extra credit because it was a surprise because you've been lying for the last few months. The whole surprise party is so... Interesting and fascinating. Now, whatever the, 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 the enjoy moment, whether it is a surprise party or a regular party or some, whatever the, the, the moment of joy, there are two types of joy that we experience there's the joy of the moment and the joy of anticipation. And so the joy of the moment, that's the party. That's, shh, he's coming. Surprise! Woo! And the whole thing, and you're eating cake, and everything is great, and you're doing videos, and it's a wonderful memory, and you're taking pictures, and then you're showing those pictures on your Christmas card at the end of the year to show everybody how wonderful you are. And, and that's the joy of the moment. Then there's the joy of anticipation. This is the, this is the joy of having something on the calendar knowing that it's coming, being able to look forward to it. This is why Advent calendars are so popular with children, not with adults, but just with children, because this is day 23. You've eaten almost all the chocolate, and you're excited that Christmas is coming. It's the, it's the joy of anticipation. It's not just, boom, I wake up, and it's, it's December 25th, the morning of, but it is this whole month of anticipation There's joy of the moment, and there's joy of anticipation. My wife makes it very clear to me she does not want a surprise party. Don't surprise me with a surprise party. And I'm not just saying that, but underneath, I want you to surprise me. No, I don't want a surprise party because she's made it very clear to me that a surprise party would give her about two, three hours of enjoyment. But if she knew about the party ahead of time, she would get three months of enjoyment out of it. So there's, now I'm not saying surprise parties are are wrong. I mean, lying is wrong. But I mean, I'm not saying that surprise parties overall are wrong. There can be a beautiful expression of love and all that. But what I'm saying is that the joy of anticipation is powerful. The joy of anticipation is powerful. Let me continue reading here in uh, chapter 35. I'm in verse 5 now. Then will the eyes of the blind. Be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool. The thirsty ground, bubbling springs in the haunts where jackals once lay. Grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. What Isaiah is giving to the people of God here is the joy of anticipation. He's giving them the gift of the joy of anticipation. I mentioned before that we can perhaps only experience 10% of life that is joyful. What we're supposed to do with the other 90% or as much of that 90% as possible is experience the joy of anticipation, the joy of what is to come. For many here in Phoenix, this is marathon season especially in Ahwatukee. Uh runners all around, and the P.F. Chang's is only three weeks away, so if you are running the P.F. Chang's, uh, then you are at the peak of your physical fitness. You are right now here at Christmas time. you are at the peak of it, and you are ready. Wonderful, you're excited, you're ready. Yeah! Woo! Now, I'm not running P.F. Chang's this year, so I get to eat whatever I want at Christmas. Yes! <laughs> awesome. But I have run a couple of these, and what happens with these runs is there's this small sense of depression... On the, the joy of the moment is, um, is January 15 or 16 or whatever the race is. And then there's this mild depression that happens after that because it's been four or five months where you have been able to experience the power of anticipation, of moving towards that. It shapes how you take care of yourself. It shapes how, how your mind is working and all that. There's been four or five months to experience the power of anticipation, now, I don't call it the joy of anticipation because anyone who thinks that running 26 miles is joyful is whacked in the head. I'm just saying. That's just an opinion. Just a frank opinion. But nonetheless, we experience the, the power of anticipation. And there is significant power in that anticipation. We can experience that if you are at a good place in life. If you just feel like the building is not burning, you're at a good place in life, then you can experience the joy of anticipation. You can have that event, that moment, whatever, on your calendar. You can be uh, praying for it and looking forward to it and excited about experiencing that. Jesus refers to the living life to the full, not just 10% moments, but in John 10, he talks about living life to the full And so you can do that when you have both the joy of the moment and the joy of anticipation between those moments. But this is also a powerful thing when we are not at a good place in life. The the joy of of anticipation can be so hugely significant in those moments of life where, where, where things are not going that well. Maybe this is a Christmas season for you that is not one of your best it's it's just not the best of circumstances for whatever for whatever reason whatever's going on around you and this is the this is the the time where Isaiah gives the invitation for the joy of anticipation maybe these are times where as as Isaiah writes where it it feels like the burning sand is underneath you but there's the hope that it will become a pool the burning sand will become a pool Maybe this is the time where you need more than ever the advent of joy, the coming of joy, the anticipation of joy. If this is a season where you're not actually experiencing the joy, the joy. Let me finish up this chapter. Verse 8. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. The unclean will not journey on it. It will be for those who walk in that way. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor will any ferocious beast get up on it. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Again, Isaiah is talking about the gift of anticipation. The power and the beauty of anticipation. That one day there will be a Messiah. One day there will be a Messiah who comes. And we've looked at a number of different verses from Isaiah where he's talked about this coming Messiah. This, um, this one on, uh, uh, on whom the, the government will, will rest on his shoulders. He's the wonderful counselor, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. This Messiah is coming. One day there will be a party. And it's not going to be a surprise party. It's not a surprise party where where God is hiding somewhere and withholding information from you, keeping you in the darkness, and then one day just pouncing on you and saying, surprise! And you're not sure if you're ready or not, if your hair is done, if you're prepared in a way that you would like to be. It's not a surprise party. And it is a party to which you are invited. And He gave us the invitation, it's a thousand page invitation that describes what the party's going to look like, why there's going to be a party, and who's invited to it. That's what the story is. The story is about the fact that one day there will be this amazing party. One day there will be an amazing party. As I've said before, The coming of, the the word Advent, the coming of all of the Messiah, all these things that we've been talking about, there is a now and a not yet element to it, and that is the joy of the moment and the joy of anticipation. There's the now, the joy of the moment, then there's the not yet, the joy of anticipation. There's now and not yet in terms of hope and peace and love and joy, that 2,600 years ago, the 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 Jewish people were given language from Isaiah to say, one day there will be a God who says, I'm coming to save you. One day the Messiah is going to come. That's what Isaiah is is saying in multiple ways and multiple times. We get to experience the joy of anticipation. He's pouring into the the Israelites, the joy of anticipation. Then 2,000 years ago, there was the joy of the moment. When the Messiah was born in Bethlehem and the angels gathered around and, and, and the angels sang, glory to God in the highest. There's the joy of the moment. And then we are in this period that is the joy of anticipation. We are in this period now where we get to look forward to the, the not yet. The, the second coming. And um, To go back to the language of Isaiah, that it is the redeemed, he says in verse 9, and the ransomed in verse 10, the ones who have been bought by a price of Christ on the cross, the ransomed, they will enter Zion with singing, everlasting joy will crown their heads, gladness and joy will overtake them. We are invited here in the now and the not yet into the joy of anticipation of this coming party. We are invited into the joy of anticipation for this party. And then one day, the joy of the moment will be when Christ returns, when Christ comes to reclaim his bride, the church. But we are in this period in between there, in between the now and the not yet. Okay, let me wrap up by just bringing this all right down to here and now. December 23rd, right here, right now, today, in your seat, right where you are, just kind of set aside the the big picture for now, the whole theology of Christ returning and all that. Just set aside that for for right now. Right here and now where you are, what are you looking forward to? In what way are you experiencing the joy of anticipation that Isaiah offered 2,600 years ago that is something God wants us to experience on a regular basis. Now, I'm not talking about the if-onlys of life. I'm not talking about if only I got married, then I would be joyful. If only I could have kids, then I'd be joyful. If only I could get a better job, then I would be joyful. I'm not talking about the if-onlys. Those if-onlys, they suck the joy out of life because you're just kind of hanging on for something that may or may not be a part of your, of your journey. I'm talking about things that you believe are going to happen. I mean, they, they, they are going to happen. They're on the calendar. They're parts that, that, that you're expecting that you think are going to be great. What are you looking forward to? If you have an answer to that, then enjoy the joy of anticipation. Make sure that's on your calendar and look forward to it. And like I said before, pray about that and talk with other people about that and let that be part of lifting you up on days that are not so good, on moments that are not so good. Experience the joy of anticipation because you know you have something to look forward to. If, however, your answer to that question is blank, then it's a simple flowchart. Go back to question one. So the question is, what are you looking forward to? If the answer is yes... Enjoy the joy of anticipation. If the answer is no, go back to question one. Revisit that question. What are you looking forward to? If there's nothing that comes to mind, maybe you need a break. Maybe you need an hour, a couple hours, a a day. Maybe you need a spiritual retreat. And there's so many different ways of doing that. Maybe you need a Sabbath, a true Sabbath. God has designed that into the system of life where you can get a break. You can do something that is healthy. You you need something that you can look forward to, a vacation, whatever. What are you looking forward to? Do you believe that God has set us up to experience life to the full such that we not only have moments of joy, but we get to have the joy of anticipation? Do you believe that? Do you you kind of see that's the way the coming of joy is? If so, what are you looking forward to? Let's pray. Father, I want to praise you for those who are in the room who who get to sit right now in thankfulness for the joy that they're experiencing in life? That there's just kind of a reflection here in this moment of uh, maybe they have not been uh, mindful of the many ways that they can experience joy, but that they right now are just going. I I do have so much to be thankful for. I do have things to look forward to, and yes, there are moments that are hard, but they do have the joy of anticipation. God, would you bless them right now? Would you stir up those beautiful things? Um, that are gifts from you, God. And Father, this morning, I want to pray for those who, who maybe are struggling with that question. Those who perhaps don't have anything quickly come to mind with the idea of what are you looking forward to. God, would you fill that hole? Would you fill that, that place in whatever way you choose to do that, whether it is a, a physical uh, experience, a, a change of schedule, a, a break in a physical way, whether it's uh, you showing up in a powerful way, whether it's anticipation that uh, uh, in the, the, the end story that that would be a heart-lifting experience. God, would you give each one of us something to look forward to? so that we can not only have the joyful moments, but we can have the anticipation of joy. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.